The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Truly, truly a beautiful day, right? Here we are, still in the joy of Easter, still in the joy of this new Sunday, we call again in the, in the, uh, in the Chaldean Church, Choshaba uh, Chatha, in the Latin rite, Divine Mercy Sunday. It's a day when we reflect on the mercy of God. It's a day in which we reflect on everything that's been given to us, on what it is that Jesus has done for us. The question that he asks us today is this. Right Here we are, fresh out of Easter, and the question that he asks for us is this. Do you know the joy of the resurrection? A very simple question. A very simple, simple question. But do you truly know the joy of the resurrection? Do you live that joy of the resurrection? Do you live as someone with that resurrection in mind? Do you see Jesus as the one who truly has saved you from your sins, who truly has risen from the dead, and who truly wants nothing more than to unite with you each and every day? In today's gospel story, we see the disciples. There's ten of them, and they're gathered in a house, and it says that the door is shut. There's ten because one was Judas, right? One betrayed Jesus. And so he wasn't included in the, with the apostles any longer. And according to tradition, he, 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 uh, he died by suicide. And the other one who wasn't there was Thomas, right? St. Thomas. And we all heard the joke every year that Thomas was late to the gathering because, of course, he's Chaldean. St. Saint Thomas the Apostle is the one who we credit with founding the Chaldean Church. And because he was Chaldean, he was late. He wasn't there when Jesus came to the disciples. Thomas was the only one that was really missing. And so here are the disciples, they're afraid of what's going on. Everyone is going against them. The Jews are starting to really hate them because here they are following this guy named Jesus who really threw everything on top of his head and no one knows what's going on. It's a confusing time for everyone. They're scared. They don't know what to make of anything. They're not courageous whatsoever. Even though they know and they truly try to believe in the, the promise of Jesus, this is a time when they just don't know what to do. So they lock themselves away. They hide themselves. And in the midst of their fear, in the midst of them hiding themselves, who comes into their presence but Jesus himself? And the first thing Jesus says is not, How dare you guys? How long have I been with you? You still don't understand what's going on. Why do you not believe me? Why do you not trust in me? Why did you abandon me in my most time of need? No. He doesn't say anything like that. Not at all. What he says instead is shock. Peace be with you. The first words to come out of his mouth is peace be with you. There's a love. There's a love there which recreates everything. Not through violence, not through hatred, not through revenge, but there's a love that recreates everything. From that death on the cross, we see everything be, being made, being renewed through love that Jesus shows us. Through that peace that he offers us. And so the disciples now are overjoyed. They don't know what quite to make of the situation. They're just overjoyed and they're happy beyond belief that now they see Jesus once more. And so they're living now in the joy of the resurrection. But then comes Thomas. Thomas comes a little bit later and he says, I don't believe. 
Unless I see Jesus, unless I am able to see the nails in his hands, the wound in his side, I will not believe. How much must that have saddened the disciples? That here they are, they've begun to believe, they've begun to truly now proclaim Jesus who was crucified and is now risen from the dead, but here is their friend Thomas who doesn't believe. Here is their friend Thomas who's still in doubt, who for those eight days until Jesus reappears to them, he's living a week of sadness, of confusion, of not being sure of who he is or who the world is or what exactly it is that he's following. What I want us to understand here of those of you who are sitting here today is this. Nobody wants to live a life without Jesus. Nobody. Because we realize that it's only Jesus who brings us those things that we desire most in life, right? And those things that we, we look forward to the most, that happiness that we're searching for, that we're aiming for, it's only Jesus who can offer. And so when we see the difference between the disciples who are now overjoyed at seeing Jesus and that one who did not see the risen Jesus, the contrast is there. The difference is there. Without Jesus, we know no happiness. We can know Absolutely no happiness. Everything that we're aiming for in life is for nothing. It's for our own personal gain. It's for our own personal ambitions, our own personal pride. Whatever it might be, we're not really searching towards anything. And we know this. For those of us who are sitting here today, we know this. We also know that Jesus invites us. He invites us to a wedding feast. We've all seen that picture of Jesus knocking on the door, right? Maybe I've always grown up with it. It's always been right by the entrance of my, my parents' house as I grew up, I always saw this picture of Jesus knocking on the door. Here he is knocking. It comes from Revelations chapter 3, verse 20, where Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you invite me in, I will come. I will sit with you. I will eat with you. I will be invited into your home, and I wish nothing more than to be invited into your home. But it takes for us to open up that door. And what I want from you today, yeah, I've been saying this right, what I want from you today who are sitting here the week after Easter, the church is not as full as it was a week ago, is this. The mission never, never, never changes. It's for you to go out there and find those people who are like Thomas, who are missing that Jesus in their life, who might know Jesus, but are lacking that maybe a personal relationship with Jesus. It could be a sibling. It could be a cousin. It could be a friend. It could be someone who maybe goes to church every once in a while, but that's about it. For us who know who Jesus is, we've tasted and we've seen how good He is in our life, and we've invited Him into our lives. And now we have to say, like those ten disciples who saw Jesus, we've seen the Lord. We have seen Jesus, and we've seen everything he's done for us. And we invite those Thomases in our life who might not believe until they see Jesus. We invite them to come and share with that meal at the altar, to share the Eucharist with us. There should be no reason why this church is not full each and every Sunday. There's only so much I can do. Imagine if each and every one of you were to invite that person in your life, that doubting Thomas, in your life to just say, hey, come and see. Come and see what happens when you enter into a relationship with Jesus. Not just come once in a while because it's something you and Baba taught us as we grow up. No, no, it's more than that. 
It's more than that. It's a relationship with Jesus. And after you have Jesus, I promise you, you will want nothing more in your life. Nothing. Because everything you've been searching for has been found. Everything you've been searching for is here. There is nothing else. There is nothing else that will bring you happiness. I encourage you. I make this a challenge for each and every one of you. Just simply invite. First time might be a dud, right? First time might be, hey, you know, come, come to church with me. Come to Mass with me. Here I am. I'm going to 10.30. I'm going to 6 p.m. Mass. I'm going to 12.30. I might, I'm going to Mass on Sunday. Come with me. They might say no. Okay. Ask again. Ask again. Ask again. Keep annoying them. Be annoying. But be annoying for Jesus. Be annoying for Jesus because you realize that in your life how good Jesus has been to you, you want that for the other person as well. And so that's the challenge for all of us, especially during this Easter season. That our zeal for Jesus doesn't just end during Lent and then Easter and we wait till next year. No, 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 no. This Easter season we've received the joy of the risen Jesus. Do we keep that to ourselves? Or do we go out and tell everyone how good Jesus has been to us? Invite that doubting Thomas. Invite them. Invite them to church. Invite them to come and see how good the risen Jesus has been to you. You've received the good news. Don't keep it to yourself. But invite. Invite others to come and see. Amen?